Welcome back to another episode of Mark G. Richardson's Remodeling Mastery. This series is brought to you by Surefire Local. This week, Mark talks about what you need to do when you start thinking about the next steps in your life and your career, and how you should go about doing that. Take a listen in and see if you are on the right track. Over to you, Mark. Hi, I'm Mark Richardson, and welcome to Remodeling Mastery. Remodeling Mastery is a podcast series that's designed to help you think and reflect on your remodeling business. What I try to do is take different topics, topics I think are thought-provoking or very relevant to the environment that's happening out there. This podcast series is supported by the National Association of the Remodeling Industry, NERI, as well as Professional Remodeling Magazine, which is one of the leading authorities in remodeling industry. I also want to thank certainly my friends at Surefire Local who actually helped me to produce this particular podcast series. So I have had a series of many, many different topics on different issues, but one of the areas that I'm spending more time on now working with different companies on that I thought would be appropriate to talk about today is the whole subject of what's next. Now, if you think about those words, what's next, I think it literally has a lot of different legs to it that can, in fact, uh, be important to talk about. We can talk about what's next in terms of overall growth of the business. We can talk about what's next in terms of uh, products and innovation and services out there. We can talk about what's next as it relates to one of your team members. But I want to talk about what's next as it relates to you. One of the things I find when I have conversations with remodeling owners and leaders around the country, one of the areas that I think is interesting is they oftentimes get caught in the day-to-day funk. And as a result, it's not very inspiring. It's not very motivating. And as soon as I change the conversation to expanding it to talking about six months, a year, three years, five years out, and start to have conversations about what's next, it's interesting how it's really processed really quite differently by different people. Some people look at what's next as being somewhat irrelevant because they're just looking at the day-to-day because they're just happy to have a job. Some people look at what's next as being maybe somewhat nervous. However, there's many people out there, when I broach the subject of what's next for them, uh, they actually get that little lightness in their foot again. They start to get a little bit inspired. You know, I think as human beings, one of the things that makes us different than certainly the rest of creation out there is, in fact, we have the ability to plan. We have the ability to look forward. We have the ability to change ourselves, not necessarily just have the environment. And I think if you can start to spend a little bit more time each week focusing on what's next, I think you're going to be much, much more happier, uh, much more successful, and certainly much straighter line to getting to whatever that, that goal and that destination might in fact be. A friend of mine, Tom Kelly, shared with me many, many years ago, one of his key people, Martha Kerr, who recently retired, she actually sent him a letter. And this letter was titled, What's Next? About her role within the organization as a senior member. And she talked about her interest of rewiring, not retiring. 
And in the rewiring process, she started to look at, okay, here's where I am now, and here's where ultimately I want to be. But she didn't look at it as going out and kind of, kind of clipping coupons on the beach with her retirement. She looked at a rewiring process that I think made it much, much more encouraging and certainly inspiring. You know, that whole notion of rewiring, I think, for those involved in remodeling, uh, really, it makes you feel much better. You know, rewiring is about taking what you've done in the past and really improving it. Rewiring is certainly tied into the metaphor of remodeling about making something better and, and taking it to the next level. So as I think of it, if you think more about the subject of what's next and you think about it in the context of, you know, I re- it's really not necessarily about when I retire and get out and clip coupons and play golf five times a week. It's really more about, you know, moving through passages and transitions. Now, I oftentimes, when I'm working with individual owners and companies, we talk about this subject in large part because I believe that we all go through passages, passages in different times of our life. So this is not just a subject that's important, what's next, at the final leg of our career. It's something, quite frankly, that you probably start maybe in your 30s and 40s of thinking about and making those chess moves about what's next. It may be that you're in sales and you really want to continue that. You're inspired by it. But I can tell you at some point, you're probably not going to be interested in being Wednesday night entertainment for the clients. You might move on to you know, creating a little team. Well, at some point, it's more important than not just creating the team, but also really growing a business that has some life of its own, some sustainability. So as you think about this subject, it's important that you think about like chess moves and kind of moving to different different levels. So having personally gone through very successfully, I think, processes over my certainly career uh, on the subject of what's next, what I want to do is give you some gray hair, some lessons learned, some you know things I've really not only learned but seen and certainly worked with others to help them take the game to the next level. So I've created a list of 10 things, 10 tips, 10 ideas, 10 thoughts that might help you. So the first one is start early. You know, one of the mistakes that I find when I'm working with an individual owner or a leader is that we start to talk about what's next and we put a, what is the horizon or the runway in terms of what's next. And oftentimes it's too short for what they want to ideally accomplish. So the best thing to do is start very early. Now, what does that mean, start early? I would say in many ways, if you're in your 40s or 50s, you might want to start literally 10 years before you have kind of a feeling of what that next step is. As you get a little bit closer, you don't necessarily have to focus on a 10-year plan, but you do have to focus on having a direction, having a vision, having something that you're kind of thinking about, fantasizing about. As you get to about a five-year mark, I think now it's time to create, you know, some little actions and start to prepare. If you want to, if this involves other people, you want to start planting some of those seeds in a very kind of light way. As you get into the 
you know, two to three year mark. I think now's when it starts to become more of a concrete plan. And certainly within six months to a year, you want to have all the communication and everything in place to what those transitions are. So the first tip I would say is start early. The second is, you know, think about this as a transition. It's not yanking off the Band-Aid. It's a transition. A transition means changing the blend. A transition means going from 100% of something to 90 to 80 to 70% of something. And I think if you think about it as a transition, that you're not necessarily, you know, having an abrupt change in terms of what's next, you're going to probably be more successful and certainly the organization uh, is not going to suffer. So when you think transitions, that means you're going to start to, you know, start to peel off some of the responsibilities and some of the accountabilities, you know, in a slower, very concrete design kind of way. Number three is a notion that I've certainly written about, I've talked about this many, many times over the last 20 years, because it's something that was pretty, uh, a little bit of a, kind of a mini revelation for me, and that about 20 years ago, I was actually having lunch with a very successful friend who was actually quite young. He was in his mid-40s at the time, and I was asking him, John, what, what, what's your next step? What is your kind of focus? Because he'd accomplished so many different things and had the financial success that he certainly wanted. And he said something to me that I'll never forget. He said, Mark, I'm looking for someone to fire me. And while immediately, I think most of us hear that, that's not necessarily the most settling kind of thought is to have someone fire you. However, as I really reflected and really thought about his words on the subject, it's really critical that you find someone to fire you if you're ever going to have a next step, if you're ever going to be pushed forward. So at the time, I said, okay, I've got to be thinking in terms of that subject. So assembled really people, leadership team, people that could push me forward to create an opportunity for next steps. So as you think about this, it may not be one individual. It may be just elevating your leadership team. But as you think about the subject, the only way for you to move forward is to have others push you forward and fill the voids that are going to be created by you moving to a different place. Number three is positioning for, or four is positioning for transition. You know, I think when you think about next steps, you know, uh, it's important, I think, that what you leave behind or what you transition to, the, that you are, in fact, concerned about kind of how solid and how stable it is. One mistake I see with a lot of owners is they literally pass the baton, but then all of a sudden they're passing the baton in a little bit of stormy waters, and it's not necessarily a very successful transition. So one of the things as you think about next steps, I think you need to kind of really focus on making sure the existing conditions are very, very stable. Very stable in terms of the people, very stable in terms of the processes, very stable in terms of the financials and profitability. 
you know, it might mean that you don't want to, as you move to kind of the final legs of transition, to really get into chasing too many shiny objects or innovative type of products and services. It may be that you really want to kind of stabilize and really position so it's more solid as a foundation that, that your, your, your team or even with your, you know, more distant involvement can continue on. I think at the end, another element is a little tip, and that's the whole notion of what, what do you really want? You know, I think as you think about this subject, you know, one of the questions I oftentimes ask owners or leaders in businesses is that what, what motivates you? What do you really want? And while I think many people want to talk to other people that have gone through transitions, I really think it's more important that you do some soul-searching yourself and looking at some individual things. Because the reality is, what I find with owners is they really are motivated by different things. There's some people, quite frankly, that literally want to be... pulled away completely from the business. There's other people that want to stay involved with elements of the business that they continue to have fun and they can contribute. And there's other people that just want to have, you know, kind of the financial overview of the business and have a very broad kind of relationship so that it's more about just doing less so that you can fill other voids. I know as I thought about, you know, what was important to me with transitions, I had a lot of other interests, a lot of other yearnings. I actually created what I call five buckets of activity that were important to me professionally and really started that process very, very early on as I made my transitions. You know, those, some of those buckets, purely as an example, is I really enjoyed doing speaking. So as a result of that, planted a bunch of seeds to get out and do more speaking. I enjoyed doing more coaching and advising. Enjoyed sitting on boards of companies or writing or writing books, those kind of things. So as you think about those transitions, you know, know what you want. It's not necessarily a prescription or something that you're going to read. But I think the more time that you spend well in advance kind of thinking about or reflecting on the subject, you're going to become clear. But the point of all this is don't necessarily think that you have to emulate what your parents did or you have to do, for example, what the book tells you of what those next steps are, you know. It doesn't mean that you have to work less. It doesn't mean that you have to do the same things or different things. What it means is you have to know what you want. And if you are focused on what you want, you're going to enjoy it more. You're going to find it more inspiring. And I think it's going to be much, much more fulfilling. Number six in my, my list of tips here is communicate. You know, it's important as you think about these transitions and next steps for yourself to think about it also in terms of the communication process. You know, you might start well, well in advance, five to ten years in advance, you know, talking to some trusted advisors. You know, maybe they're professional friends, maybe they're family friends, maybe it's a business coach or advisor. And just start to get, I think, some clarity in there. Then as you move forward, you need to think about within your team, you know, who is it that you want to start to communicate some of these yearnings. Not a plan, but some of these yearnings. And I think the more that you start to communicate to a couple of your senior people that, you know, maybe it's three years in advance, four years in advance, that you're kind of yearning for that next step. 
you know, you want to make sure that they have a very strong place and they can take their game to the next level. You might think about, for example, in that communication, at least having some dialogue, what it might look like for them in terms of either ownership or in terms of how they go about doing things in terms of the business or leadership, that kind of thing. But you want to make sure that you control the communication, not necessarily that the communication is controlled by others. In that process, and I've seen very successful examples of this and worked with folks of making that communication strategy, you know, usually maybe one or two years in advance, if in fact you're moving on to a different level within the business, you want to start to give people different titles and roles that kind of send a little bit of a message that there's kind of a new sheriff in town, there's new leadership, and then you want to get to the point where you're really comfortable at some point maybe making someone the president of the company or making someone that is uh, still having your involvement either as a CEO or as a chairman uh, so that you have some really threads so that it's not necessarily fearful. You know, one of the challenges I think that many, many experience out there when it comes to next steps is in fact that the fear of the team. From your perspective, it's very, very clear what those next steps are. It's natural. But they have a job. They have a career. They have a life that they've devoted to you and the company. And it's very scary, quite frankly, on their part. So thinking about and being sensitive to how you go about communicating things uh, is really important. And I think in in the course of it, it's important that you don't do it too soon and you don't do it too late. So the important thing is have more of a thoughtful strategic kind of communication strategy and plan more than anything else. Number seven tip is, I think, the whole notion of uh, getting some help. You know, you've never done this transition before. Uh, I think that many people out there can really help you with those transitions. So you might want to, for example, you know, have some lunch or dinner with other people that can share what they've done and kind of the good, bad, and the ugly, what worked, what didn't work, what tips. You also might, uh, might bring on an advisor or coach that can help you with that transition or at least talk it through what the kind of the, the next moves that, that, that would make sense both to you and to the business. But the reality is this has not a unique concept of moving on. The reality is that you're going to have to move on at some point, you know, if not anything else, for chronological reasons, uh, there is going to be a next step whether you'd want to choose to or not. So in closing, I think this whole notion of next steps, I think is probably one of the more inspiring, motivating, exciting things about being in the remodeling industry. You know, you can think through those parts and pieces. You can seek out the advice of others. And it's really exciting because I think, you know, the beauty of one of the remodeling business is not only what you love and do today, but it's what it also could be in the future in terms of a legacy of, of, of what you've created. So the bottom line is there's going to be next steps. The question is, are you going to control it or is it going it to control you? So thank you all for listening. Thank you again for my supporters with National Association of the Modeling Industry as well as with uh, Professional Remodeler Magazine and again my friends at Surefire Local. Take care, everyone. Thank you, Mark. 
You just listened to episode 99 of Mark G. Richardson's hit podcast series, Ramali Mastery, brought to you by Surefire Local. I hope you have a better grasp of what you need to do to take the next steps. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to Remodeling Mastery on your favorite podcast app. Thanks for listening in and we hope to see you next time.